Hey, Gina, how are you? Hey, Uncle Robert. I'm doing good. Hey, um, so we're at the Sly Fox with uh, your cousin Kristen and my friend Jonathan. Hi, Gina. Hi, Kristen. Hi, John. How are you? I'm good. My favorite special guest. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Except he doesn't ever let us talk too much. Yeah, so this is probably the last time you're here. You know, well, I thought that too last time, John. Yeah. Well, John, John get John's a little stiff, but here's the thing. I, he might be a little more receptive to talking and having a good time because he's had several cocktails. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, this is your third bar, huh? <laughs> no, actually fourth. Yeah, fourth. It's, fourth. fourth. No, it's only the second. It's our fourth. <laughs> we were at the, Listen. the we were at the oyster. We were right. at the full moon. Right. And I had and we I had three Guinnesses there. Okay. And, and then we went, we went to Legends, the, and that didn't work out. No we had I had a Yingling Lager there. Oh, it's the third, it's the fourth, fourth bar. <laughs> and then we went to what's the bar's name? Seven fifty one. And now we're at the Sly Fox. To me, that's four. So you write it as four. Okay. I, so I'll never argue with the necker. You'll never win. <laughs> right. Right. So we're at our fourth bar, and uh, John's having a what kind of Manhattan? Uh, Knob Creek. Knob Creek Rye Manhattan. Kristen, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Skeleton Key. Skeleton. Wow. Which wow. is Maker's Mark San Germain Ginger Beer. Fresh lemons and bitter. Wow. It's very good. And I'm drinking Boilo. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> no. No, I'm drinking some kind of beer. It's called Bolo, Bolo Coconut, Brown. Coconut Brown. Ah. Wow. And, it's uh, 150 proof. Yeah, it's like, I don't know what the alcohol content is, but it's pretty high. But anyway. 56%. How many? 56%. Oh, no. <laughs> 5.6. Oh, 5.6. That's nothing. That's nothing. So that's what we're doing. We're drinking. And uh, we're kind of celebrating, Gina, because this is our last night in uh, the Carolinas. We're coming home. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. I mean, I love it down here, but it's definitely time to come home and uh, reconnect with family and get these dogs out of the sandy pine trees and into the muddy rocky uh, woodcock covers of northeast Pennsylvania so that's where we're headed um, we've finished up our trials down here with the hunter run trial in South Carolina uh, this weekend um, John and Kristen both uh, judged different stakes and, and ran some dogs and we had a really good time and placed some dogs and uh, it was a great way to end the season down here but we're all looking forward to heading home so um, we're gonna have a lot of uh, a lot of great content coming up on our <coughs> YouTube channel with the woodcock I know you're you're getting ready to post that uh, YouTube uh, North Carolina quail video correct yes i am and i i wanted to tell you um one of your the youtube videos got nine thousand views excellent i just saw that it was an older one with with uh with jack 
Oh, okay. Sterling Ward Jack. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of Sterling Ward Jack, you know, you know how we do these podcasts. We just, you know, talk about things and whatever comes up, comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe, uh, uh, his owner, Jim Millett, and, and I have uh, decided to retire uh, champion Sterling Ward Jack. He's um, a little over 10 years old now, and uh, he's reached the end of his career. Uh, but for all those Sterling Ward Jack fans out there, he's still available at stud and uh, producing some uh, great, great young dogs. We we have a litter of pups um Hopefully, coming up this spring, sired by Jack. Anybody's interested, they can reach out to me and get more information on that. Um, Are John so, and Kristen interested? Well, here's the next thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the last the last podcast we spoke about the one litter with uh, Glossolam Parabellum. Uh, John and Kristen were supposed to get a pup out of that, but uh, unfortunately. Uh, she did not take, and there are no puppies. Um, that being said, um, we lined up a really nice puppy for them that they will be getting in a couple of weeks. Wow. Yeah. And that is a, a beautiful tricolor male puppy um, sired by Ponderosa Mac. Um, and uh, our friend Rob Ellis from Michigan owns the female. Uh, she's a beautiful dog that I've um, seen running field trials uh, several times, and, and I, I really think she's a talented young dog, and I think I judged her several times, and uh, she had a beautiful litter, and John and Kristen are getting a puppy, so um, that's that's pretty exciting. What do you think about that? Let's ask that's John. Awesome. What do you think about that, John? I'm really excited, too, Gina. Um, then we may get a puppy from. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna breed Jack again to one of uh, Jim Millet's derbies. Yeah, so we might have another puppy coming here in a couple months after that. Yeah, we we actually did the breeding already, and uh, John and Kristen took that dog. Her name is Diva, and they hunt it with her, and they really like her, and she's a nice young dog. So they might have a couple of puppies. We'll we'll see how that goes. Um, you never know, but. Uh, Let's uh, let's get right to work, and uh, we got a lot of. I, I think we have several um, really good questions and comments that we need to uh, address. So, what do you got for me, Gina? Okay, first question, um, and I think this person we answered another one of their questions before. It's from Fanula McGonagall. Yes, that sounds familiar to me. Yep. <laughs> Question says, I've been following the dog trials in Ames. In Brace 12, a dog was picked up for a breach of manners. I'm trying to figure that out. Earlier in Brace 8, a dog painted a rabbit and was allowed to continue. Can you help me understand, please? Thanks. John. Okay, that, that's a great question. A lot of fun um, and very easy to answer. Um, it's... Uh, you know, a lot of the terms we use uh, aren't familiar to, to people that don't get to a lot of trials. So, breach of manners. Uh, so, the, the way we describe a dog's uh, performance when they point a bird, um, you know, a lot of times you'll say they, they need to have manners. And that is they can't chase the bird. Uh, so, they point the bird, you flush the bird, you shoot the gun, and the dog remains steady. 
that's good manners. So a breach of manners would be basically if, um, let's say, the handler approaches and the birds flush and the dog chases the birds. Or the handler flushes the birds and shoots his gun and the dog breaks. Um, you know, they would be examples of a breach of manners. And if that happens, um, typically the judge is going to order the dog up. Um, now, it, it, you know, there's uh, that's a shooting dog stake, actually the championship. Um, there's other things a dog could do, maybe in other stakes like interference or whatever. Um, I just want to mention um, something just came up at a field trial. John Judge, uh, it was a derby stake, and one dog was pointing, and the other dog, um, you know, didn't show any manners as far as honoring or backing the bracemate. Ran all around the other dog, um, and you know, some judges would consider this interference and 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 would have ordered that dog up uh, uh, for whatever reason. Uh, John elected not to order the dog up. And and, and so a derby stake, is, it's up to the judge's discretion. Actually, any stake. But a breach of manners is when a dog um, doesn't do uh, what he's supposed to do on the bird. As far as pointing a rabbit, um, there's really nothing... I'm not, you know, I hate to say there's nothing wrong with that because obviously you don't want a bird dog out there hunting fur, you know, pointing rabbits, pointing squirrels, pointing deer. That's definitely not desired. But, um, you know, one time if a dog points a rabbit or a squirrel and uh, I, I doubt any judge is going to order the dog up. Now, if it becomes a... Uh, an ongoing thing they might um, so that that's why um, I think his question was why wasn't the dog picked up for pointing a rabbit and that's basically it um, you, you know you're, you're you're giving the dog the benefit of, of the doubt that you know hit some scent and uh, you know Kristen's here and I, you know I often talk about um, her father uh, my uncle Peter uh, your great uncle um, who you know, really was the special person in my life and, and got me started down this road that I'm on now. And he had a dog. He came back from uh, World War II, and a friend of his had an Irish setter puppy, um, I believe in Illinois, right? Yeah, Illinois. And he went out there, took a road trip out there, picked up the puppy, and came home. Now, his father, you know, my grandfather, your great-grandfather, um, was uh, an English setter guy. I always had English setters uh, when he first came over from the Tyrol. Um, he actually had, uh, I think I mentioned this before, he, uh, he had dogs sired by uh, national champion Mississippi Vet, Zeb back in the uh, late 40s, early 50s, somewhere around there. But anyway, so he, he was uh, not happy uh, with um, his son, Uncle Peter, for getting an Irish setter. Oh. Yeah, right. So, so Uncle Peter told me, you know, he'd take this dog out hunting and, and he would not point, just wouldn't point. He just, you know, would chase birds or, or just not be interested in birds more than that. And this went on for two years. 
And uh, finally, one day, he was just taking the dog for a walk down a trail. And the dog slammed on his first ever point. And um, Uncle Peter walked up to the dog, and there was a little brush pile there. And he kicked the brush pile, expecting a grouse or, or, or um, you know, a woodcock or whatever to flush. And out came a snowshoe hare. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, so... Uh, a rabbit, you know, kind of like um, in this question. And he said from that day on, that dog, his name was Duke, uh, went on and pointed every single everything he ever came upon. You know, rabbit, uh, deer, uh, whatever, uh, grouse, pheasant, woodcock. There were even wild cubbies of quail back then uh, in Pennsylvania. And he just uh, became a great dog. So... Um, you know, it's not desired to go out looking for rabbits, but it's definitely not something to pick the dog up for if it only happens once. And again, the answer to the question of breach of manners is if the dog um, does, you know, chases the bird or moves or breaks its shot or that. So hopefully we answered that question. I love that question. And um, thank you. Um, thank you for it. All okay. right. Are you ready uh, for number two? Well, let me take a sip of my uh, coconut beer. All right. Okay, I'm ready. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one's oh, from you know Tom what? Adams. You know John... Wait, hold on a minute. Okay. John's here laughing at me, but I, I'm really, really mad at John. What? How could you be mad at John, Ferdinand? <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, I'm mad at him. So we're hunting today, mm-hmm. and a covey gets up, and we shoot a couple of birds out of the covey, and there's a couple bird stragglers left around, and the dog goes on point, and we go in, and, uh, you know, a bird gets up, John shoots it, and there's another bird, and it's running. So I take off after it to try to get it to flush, and I run as hard as I can, and just as the bird gets up, I throw the gun up, you know, try to stop myself, gather myself up, and I get ready, and I bear down on the bird, and I throw the gun up, and I'm just ready to pull the friggin' trigger, and, and Sean, boom, he shoots the damn bird. <laughs> John, can you apologize, or... Gina was the best feeling in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I lost it. I went a little ballistic, but um, (laughs) ballistic. It's all good now. (laughs) So yeah, I'm ready. At least we got him to run though. Yeah, got me (laughs) moving. All right, what do you got for us? Gina. Oh, I'm still here. Well, what do you got for us? All right, number two from Tom Adams. Tom Adams. Tom Adams. He was just he was just here. I saw that with our quick. And I'm gonna tell you something about Tom Adams. Yeah, yeah. He ran a dog. He ran a Quigley in the field trial this weekend, and guess what he did. Did they win a blue ribbon? 
Tom Adams and Quigley got first place, won the field trial. How about that? Congratulations to Tom and Sam. Um, you know, everybody, you know, I get a lot of comments and questions and, and I talk to a lot of people and everything is the gloom and doom of field trials, that there's no young people involved. And I'm here to tell you that uh, Tom and Sam are a breath of fresh air. They're, um, you know, 30 years old and uh, they're, they're in, into the sport whole hog. You know, running dogs, breeding dogs, uh, training dogs, and uh, I guess I guess I could say this on air. Um, this is big news. Are you big, ready, Gina? I guess this is big news. Um, Samantha Adams is going to become part of Team Midnight, and she's going wow. to help. Her. Yeah, how about it? She's going to be helping us uh, starting next week with um, training dogs. So uh, we will have we will have an assistant trainer on hand, help out a little bit at the kennel with Mike Kaiser and uh, the rest of the team. Um, you as well. So we're pretty excited about that. That's awesome. I really like Samantha. Yeah, yeah. Big big news. I. I wasn't yeah, even going to mention it, but it came yeah, up, well, and there it is. So wow. anybody, anybody that has dogs with us, um, they couldn't do any better than having their dog uh, work uh, by Sam. She's uh, got a great, um, a great demeanor with the dogs, and she's willing to learn my ways. Um, and she has trained an apprentice under our good friend Nick Puhok. So. Uh, you know, anything she learned there is uh, the right way because uh, uh, Nick is a, a great trainer in himself, and uh, we're very excited. So um, what is, what's Tom's question? He would know how you managed many field trials throughout your career. What are the most difficult questions that you have received when putting together these events? Okay. Um, yes, I, I began running field trials uh, a long, long time ago. I was in my teens. You know, I was a secretary to Freeland Kennel Club, and I, I ran several trials a year for them, four years. Um, and... Probably the most uh, um, annoying uh, question I get is when someone enters a dog or they see the drawing or whatever, just in general, they ask, and here it is, what time should I be there? I want to, I don't have much hair left, but I want to rip it all out. I hate that question. Um, a, a field trial might start at a certain time. But once it starts, you know, there's just no way to, uh, you know, predict times and events. You know, dogs get lost. Maybe the handler loses his dog and he's in the next race and everybody sits around for a half hour, 45 minutes waiting for that handler to gather up his dog and get to the next race. Or, you know, somebody's car breaks down on the way to the field trial and they have to scratch three or four dogs 
and a bunch of braces move up, and now you thought you were in brace number six, and now you're in brace number two. There, there's just no way, and, and it just frustrates me, and I get this question not only from new people, but people that have been around. You know, you, you see the drawing, you know it's a field trial, you know where it is. You should never, ever ask what time should I be there. The field trial starts, you should be there. And just if you have to wait around till you run, so be it. Uh, because there's just no, no, no way to predict anything. So that, that would be number one pet peeve of mine. Don't ever ask somebody running a field trial what time you should be there. So that's about it for that. You know, that, that that's my number one uh, answer to that. I don't, I don't even have any other ones because, you know, most new people, they have a lot of questions. I'll gladly answer them. Um, you know, and most people that have been around field trials don't have a lot of, a lot of uh, questions. Um, uh, another one is, I guess uh, I'll answer one more on that, is uh, judges. And a lot of, like, local weekend clubs or you know, clubs that have to put their advertisement in well in advance of a field trial, they might put, you know, judges to be announced. And that's fine. I get it. You got to get the ad in on time and, and, and whatever. But um, when I enter dogs I, to a trial that says that, I always um, am clear to the secretary or who's ever taking entries. That's fine. Here's my entries. But please let me know before you draw who the judges are so I can make a final decision on what dogs I want to enter or whether I want to come or not. So um, that's, that's, you know, my pet peeve on one end of entering the trial and uh, the other, you know, the first answer was, uh, you know, people contacting me if I'm uh, hosting a trial. Uh, but other than that, it's 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 all pretty, uh, pretty easy and, and a lot of fun. So... How's that? Do you okay. want to do one more? Let's do one more, Gina. All right. John's ready. One. John's ready. He, John's you know, ready. Yeah. Kristen's ready. Kristen's actually out drinking John today. John's sipping on his Manhattan like a girl. <laughs> and uh, Kristen's pounding her, what is it, a broken skeleton? Oh, like a man. A skeleton key, like a pirate. Kristen's like a pirate today. <laughs> the question is, I entered my dog on brace, not this week, but the following. Well, do you find it beneficial to keep the dog off of birds? Or do you continue up until the trial? the dog off birds for how many trial okay you broke up a little bit i got the gist of the question and what's the name of the person what's the name of the person shane 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 nor nor k-n-a-r-r yeah shane nor uh okay i know shane uh he has a britney um, and it's a great question, and it's um, super difficult to answer because it's go- going to depend on the individual dog. Um, there's, there's dogs that, like, right before a trial, 
Um, I definitely want to put them on a bird and sharpen them up, maybe get a good correction in. And there are other dogs that I definitely don't want to do that. I want to keep them really uh, fired up and, and, uh, and ready to go for the trial. Um, so he, he's going to have to uh, get a good read on his dog um, and, and decide what to do. It's not a, it's not a, um, a one-size-fits-all answer for all dogs. Um, if he's, you know, and, and, and if he needs help reading the dog, you know, if the dog's doing perfectly, um, you know, I like to say if, if I could work a dog like three times in a row and they do well, that, you know, they're, they're, they're ready, uh, so to speak for, for an upcoming trial. So, um, he's just going to have to get out there, work the dog and get a feel for him. If he's comfortable and confident with his bird work. And he, you know, depending on the grounds, you know, how many birds they're usually put out, they're all factors. Um, so uh, yeah, I know his dog is a young dog. He's just going to have to uh, wing it and, uh, and, and see what happens, you know. And then once, like, you know, let's say he thinks the dog doesn't need any birds. So he doesn't put them on birds and he goes to the trial and he, and he messes up. Well, then obviously... You know, the next trial he enters him in, he might want to put him on a bird right before. Um, here's a quick funny story. Um, there, there's, uh, well, you remember we had the podcast with Scott Foreman? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, his brother, uh, his name is Mark Foreman. And this is years and years ago. We uh, They were just starting out, Scott and Mark. And uh, Mark had a, a great young dog by the name of Shady Hills Billy. A lot of people that listen to this will, will know about that dog. John, you remember the dog, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> we went to a field trial uh, in Binghamton, New York, on one one day, like a Saturday. And uh, the, the dog uh, made, had a breach of manners, just like our first question, and was ordered up. Um, so Mark was pretty pretty distraught about that. So we traveled that night, uh, maybe two hours uh, across New York to Shemung, to the Shemung County uh, field trial. And uh, we got there early. And, uh, you know, like I said, he was depressed and because uh, his dog screwed up and, and, and whatever. And I said to him, come here. So we went over to the, uh, the bird pen that they were going to use the birds for the, the trial that day. And I, I, I said, grab one of them birds. So he grabbed the bird. We went over. We planted the bird. He said, what are, you, what are you doing? I said, go get your dog. I said, put him on the bird. He's in the first brace. I said, put him on the bird and, and, and just kind of, you know, tweak him up a little bit before he runs. So he went. He did that. And sure enough, uh, the dog went out and did a great job, pointed several birds, and won the field trial. Um, you know, we talk about that often now, you know, years went by a lot of championships for both of us. Um, and, and we, we talk about that, uh, often how, you know, I helped them out there, but, um, so you kind of have to, you kind of have to get the feel for each individual dog, whether they need birds right before or don't need birds right before a trial. Uh, another thing is, uh, 
you know, working them, you know, you might just be putting them on a bird, but you know, how much running do you do before a trial? And, uh, that again, depends on dog, how good a shape they're in or, you know, the weather, or how they're going to run. So, you know, a lot of my veteran dogs that know what they're supposed to do on birds and they're in pretty good shape already. I will rest them, uh, you know, a couple days before the trial for sure. Especially if it's a, uh, you know, an hour stake or something like that. Um, some of the young dogs, like some derbies, I might, I might put them on a bird, you know, that morning, uh, before a trial, uh, we just, this last field trial, um, I, I won the Derby with uh, Gary Clappity's beautiful uh, young setter, Rockland Ridge McGraw. Um, John judged the trial, and, and uh, um, you know he, he can tell you the dog did a phenomenal job on the ground, and uh, he found a quail and a woodcock. It was great. Uh, perfectly broke bird work. That particular dog, I, I really worked hard you know, coming up to this trial, um, he, he just kind of started clicking maybe a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago. And I just started putting more and more, uh, work into him because he was allowing me to do that. And, uh, I worked him the day before the trial and sure enough, he looked, uh, really good and, and ended up winning the trial. So again, to Shane, you know, just kind of, and, and um, but there's times you do want to work them right before trial, and there's times you don't. So hopefully I answered that. And uh, I guess that's it. Do you have any more questions, or are we are we pretty much done? I think it's time to wrap it up. All right, let's wrap it up. Um, thank you, John and, and uh, Kristen. They they were here for about a week. We did some hunting, Kristen. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, Jeannie, you're, you're getting into bird hunting. She did a great job. She had some incredible uh, shots, and uh, maybe uh, maybe the two of you could get together and you know do do some shooting. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Don't. Uh, just a piece of advice. Yeah. Um, go with Kristen, but don't go with John because he's greedy and he'll, he'll steal every bird. He won't let you shoot. <laughs> So, um, right, John? Pretty greedy, aren't you? He's not greedy at all. <laughs> He's not greedy. Well, does that mean you're buying my beer? Definitely. <laughs> okay, you heard it. It's on air. So, um, Gina, I'll be home, and uh, you better get down to the kennel to see all your friends. A lot of them are a lot of a lot of the same friends are coming back. I can't wait for you to see Jenny and Hanky. They are big. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen a picture yeah. of them in a while. They're big. And, uh, they're all grown up. They're all grown up, and we have a lot of new dogs that you're really going to like. Um, so, a lot going on. Like I said, Sam will be down. You can, you know, meet with Sam. It, 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 really busy time at Midnight Kennel. So, um, thanks for giving us a call, and, and thanks for all you do. And uh, anybody listening, I hope you enjoyed this. And if you could give us a, a, a like on our Midnight Kennel page, our YouTube channel, subscribe. That would be very big. And, uh, and that's about it. We're off to Pennsylvania. We're off like a prom dress. <laughs>
Well, thank you, guys. I can't wait to see you. All right, Gina. Take care. Gina? Hey, Uncle Robert. Um, you know our podcast. We try not to get political, but I do have a, a political endorsement that I'd like to make. Tell me. Okay. Anyone in uh, Moore County, North Carolina, please vote for Tom Adams. County Commissioner. That's it.